Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's a post-game report, and it's a happy one because the Browns beat uh, the Houston Texans by a final of 27-14. to uh, Daryl, was Deshaun Watson's debut. We'll talk all about that. But a win is a win is a win, and that's exactly what today's game was against one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're lucky they played the Texans and nobody else because if it was anybody else, the results on the scoreboard probably – would have been a lot different, but uh, it is the it was the Texans who are craptastic. Uh, they are Browns one in thirty one bad, and um, I mean just watching the quarterback play though. Both teams, not not just the Browns, but both teams. Man, Kyle Allen sucks too. So um, uh, it, it just it it was a painful football game to watch. And um, I, I think I saw something from like CBS sports. The Browns scored the most points by a team without an offensive touchdown since 1999 on Sunday with, uh, you know, by uh, virtue of those three returns that they were able to get for scores. Crazy. All right. So I could ask the obvious question, but I'm going to ask a off the wall question. If Jacoby Brissett started today, how many touchdowns would they have had? I'm just curious. I, and again, I know we're going to spend the rest of the show talking about Deshaun Watson, but I just it, it just goes back to the whole notion of I know that he, he needs to play. I know they need to get him out on the field. I just I was curious to see what the offense would have looked like with him the other way around. Although I've spent I don't know all offseason wondering what they would look like with Deshaun Watson. Man, he looked rusty today. Uh, just work that into your thoughts. Then I'm just curious. And I, I know it might be a waste of time, but 
I was just curious because I was just thinking about it. That's all. Um. Well, I'll say, and I put this in my top takeaways, that was one of the all-time worst quarterback performances since 1999. And he's the 34th different starting quarterback this franchise has put on the field. And that was one of the worst performances you'll ever see. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if the if Jacoby was out there, um, I have a feeling that uh, – I would have given him 14 more points. I was gonna say they might have they might have hung a 50 cent piece on him if Jacoby was out there. I mean, Jacoby would have let it at least two touchdown drives. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'll I'll say 50 cent piece if Jacoby Brissett started this game. Because by the way, that's what the Browns should have put on the Texans on Sunday. That's true. No, I agree. All right, so let's go back to Watson. How bad they are. Oh my god, they're bad. This is our future. Which, by the way, it's yeah. great. It's great to make fun of other bad teams after having to make fun of the Browns for being that team for so many years. <laughs> well, when the Browns started with the interception to start the game, I'm like, oh my God, we're not that we're not that bad anymore. We're bad, but we're not that bad anymore. Like that's the kind of stuff that used to happen to us all the time. Yep. You know, the leaking fumble for um Denzel Ward today, that first interception. Uh, the run back coming at the worst possible time. All of those things are things that used to happen to us on a consistent basis. By the way, they got the officiating crew that was commensurate with a four and seven versus one nine and one team because they suck too. So they so the Browns opened the game with the interception, which they blew they blew that. So Kevin Stefanski has to challenge it. They take the time to go through the whole review process or whatever, and they still couldn't spot the damn football afterwards. There was like a five minute delay because they're trying to figure out uh, where's the football supposed to be after the interception. It's like, didn't you guys just watch all this crap? What were we waiting five minutes of commercials for? Um, I, I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, it it was a uh, it was an opportunistic game for the Browns. They cr- created four turnovers. They were plus two in the turnover ratio, which hasn't happened much this year because they came into the game like minus seven on the season. They uh, tied for 30th. They were like the worst in the league in uh, turnover ratio. So they they were able to chip that down. Now it's only a minus five instead of a minus seven. But um, uh, unfortunately, the only way they were really able to capitalize off the turnovers that they created were the fact that Denzel Ward had a scoop and score and uh, Tony Fields the second was able to pluck a ball out of midair and run 16 yards into the end zone. Um, uh, otherwise, I, they might have lost that game. I mean, yeah, and if you want to really play the ifs and buts and candy and nuts, guess what? It's 14-13 without those two touchdowns by the Browns. So, um, yeah, I mean, those were really, really big plays. And I'll be honest with you, when it was five to nothing, it felt like it was 50 to nothing. And then once Donovan Peoples-Jones returned the punt for a touchdown to make it 7-5, I was like, okay, game's over. Browns may win this damn thing 7-5, to but this game is over. The Texans are done. Um, Daryl, I think if anybody had any kind of a late night last night, that third quarter was hard to keep your eyes open for. That was well, no, it looked it looked like the Browns had a late night last night, and the well, Texans maybe, had a late night last night. That's what that looked like for four quarters. 
I'll tell you, I, I just – I'm glad Deshaun got the game out of the way. I mean, we've been saying it for months. Do not have expectations that he's going to be a top-five quarterback when he steps back out on the field. And he, he proved that. It. He proved that today, didn't he? He bottom five quarterback. Yeah, that, that's the that's the one thing we didn't say. Um, is yeah, he's not going to be a top five quarterback, but get ready because he's about to be a bottom five quarterback when you see him take the field. I didn't. I thought he was going to be rusty. I didn't expect him to throw ground balls to the shortstop the whole damn afternoon like he did. I mean, it's lucky they play on turf because he would have left some craters if that was a grass field with some of those uh, footballs he threw. But why? Uh, my my question is, Daryl. Why is that a is that a trending habit of somebody who's rust. taking a lot? Is all rust? You know, we saw that in the preseason game too. I know we only had limited. I know, play. and and you know it's funny? we saw exactly the same thing. And and you watch all the videos from Brown's practice. You never see that, right? The passes are beautiful. The spirals are exactly. tight, and all this. And then all of a sudden, you watch that game, and you're like, the hell is this crap? And well, I mean, yeah, I, that's. And I wonder how long it's going to take him to knock that off and get over that. Or do we have to worry about, is this what the Browns gave $230 million to? I don't know. I'm going to, for now, I'll chalk it up to 700 days in two years. I'm with with you. I'm just, I'm just saying. Because that, it just seems so correctable. It seems like a technique issue, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, if you're throwing the same bad ball over and over, and by the way, did they get lucky on the one play that, could have been a touchdown the other way if they would have ruled that a fumble instead of an incomplete pass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. What? Oh, the what? The Tony Fields one? No, the other way. Remember when Deshaun threw one, hit the ground, and they picked it up, walked it back in the end zone. Do you remember that? Oh, play? gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But that. And they're like, no, 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 incomplete pass. I was like, uh, okay, that, well, I'm good with that. That was the right call. The arm was coming forward. Uh, no, and, I agree. And it slipped that. The arm was forward when the when he. Uh, it looked like he was trying to tuck it and not throw it, but the ball still came out. That was a pass. I was I was interested to see if they're going to throw like intentional grounding on the play. Oh, yeah, that that was a possibility. I, I wasn't sure if there was a, a, an actual receiver there. So it's funny of all the things I thought about walking into this podcast, the referees really weren't the biggest issue, except for the Chase Winovich call. Like I, I, that roughing the passer call towards the end of the game. I was like, if the quarterback's in your way and he's downfield of the ball. Yeah. Then what's the situation? It doesn't matter. They won the game anyway, so I, I'm not going to sit here. But I, I, I thought one of the reasons from the NFL, and he's going to have to pay a fine. Well, I, you know, when you get those when you get those fouls right. in games, they are reviewed, and players get fined. But roughing if the quarterback the, is, if, he if was essentially roughing the quarterback. That is that is that uh, comes out of a game check. Yeah, but don't use uh, that play itself was was super interesting because it had gone way beyond the the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage. And then it had worked its way back up, and Winovich was trying to make a straight line to make a tackle. And, I mean, it doesn't matter if the quarterback – he was in the way ahead of the ball. They're they're protecting the great Kyle Allen. What's uh, wrong with you? Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I am so silly. Yeah, All yeah. right, let's go back through the entire day here, and we're going to do that uh, on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Uh, he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, Subscribe to the podcast. It's a post-game edition. The Browns defeat the Houston Texans 27-14. Back after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We continue on with the return of Deshaun Watson. Let's let's set the stage for the entire game, Daryl, because as we were doing the pregame show, I was uh, shocked at what I was seeing about no cars in the parking lot for tailgating. Virtually nobody there an hour, 90 minutes before the game. Um, absolutely no atmosphere. And once we got into the game, I think there were more fans than I expected, but I don't know if they were all sitting on the one side of the camera or not. So, um, I, and it just seemed to me like it was a hollow house of football on a Sunday where, you know, maybe you went to go see Deshaun Watson and maybe you didn't, or maybe you just wanted to watch the end. I, I don't know. It was a very, you know, um, who was, I'm trying to think, um, was it McLean? The, the beat writer from Houston. Um, yeah. McClain. Yeah. Yeah. He had said earlier, and I think he said on the pregame show too, that he expected this game to be like a combined scrimmage from the preseason and yep. that there was a lot of apathy towards what's going on with the Texans right now. Oh, and you, you could kind of tell. And the, the hostile environment that we were all expecting never really materialized. Um, I don't know if CBS killed their crowd mics or whatever. Um, I, I did not hear any booing through my television for, uh, for Deshaun Watson. I heard no boos in the uh, post-game press conference. They were talking about it. Remember? And then Deshaun said after the game, he goes, I mean, I, I played in South Carolina, man. It's not like, yeah, you know, th- that was hostile too. Yeah. So, um, got that aspect out of it, uh, out of the way done and over with, um, He's got to go to Cincinnati next. He'll have road games at Washington and Pittsburgh as well. Uh, I anticipate the Pittsburgh one will probably be the most hostile of them all. Although um, uh, I, I don't know how much Steeler fan can say, considering the quarterback that they had who retired faced some even more severe accusations than what Deshaun Watson was uh, accused of. So they may be, uh, preparing to throw the sa- uh, stones at the same glass house that they cheered for, uh, for years and years and years. Um, that said, um, you know, I, I never really thought, even if it was, um, a, a, you know, a very vocal negative atmosphere, I didn't think that that was what was going to throw Deshaun off his game. It was going to be the layoff. And he admitted after the game, he felt every single one of those days off, uh, 700, you know, between his last two, uh, NFL starts and, uh, uh, you know, uh, hopefully, um, this gets better now as the weeks go on and, and he gets back into some semblance of a rhythm, but 
he just basically proved everything I had been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks, whether it's been on this podcast or uh, on our station, when I, I have been trying to temper people's enthusiasm, not, not because of the, not because of a hating on Deshaun, but just like, Hey, it, 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 there's a reality to this thing. And I have to say though, the reality was a lot uglier than I, than even I thought it was going to be. I didn't think he was going to look that incredibly bad. I mean, he was throwing ground balls to wide open receivers. Like it's it, now some of the ground balls came as a result of him avoiding pressure and, in flows of plays and things like that, which happen, but when it's you got plenty of time to square up and let it rip, and you're you still bounce one in there, yeah. I mean that's going to take him some time to work out. And what's interesting to me, and this will be something that hopefully uh, I'll be able to ask him on Wednesday, uh, assuming that <clears throat> I continue to progress here <laughs> medically, right? Uh, that. Um, you know, what it, what was the, di the difference in the throwing mechanics? Because in practice, everything looks real, so smooth and beautiful and, and, and that, and then all of a sudden you get to the game and it, you know, the ball is going straight into the ground on you. And by then he will have had time to examine the game film and, and, uh, get a little bit of a mechanical breakdown uh, of how that went, but 12 of 22 for a buck 31 and a pick that like I said, that is one of the all time worst quarterback performances since 1999 for the show. How about the rating? I, I don't know that I've seen a rating. 53.4. Hey, Which, you know I what? Kyle Allen's was the same, wasn't it? His was 53.5. Thank oh, you very much. I'm sorry, Kyle Allen for this. Kyle Allen also threw for two bills, 201 with a touchdown and two picks and he completed 20 pass 20 of 39 passes. You want to know how disgusting this game was? It, okay. Darryl, how disgusting was this game? Third down conversions, the Cleveland Browns four of 13, the Houston Texans one of 12. Someone find me a trash can to up Chuck into because <laughs> that is just, that is disgustingly awful. For both the Browns were bad, the Texans were worse on third down. If that was, believe it or not, possible. Here, you want to play another fun one? We can do this one. Uh, let's play how the drive went. Ready? Yeah. Uh, for the Browns, punt, fumble, interception, safety, punt, punt, end of half, punt, punt, field goal, punt, field goal, end of game. I'd have to say the end of halves uh, possessions might have been the most productive of the entire afternoon. Uh, four plays, 18 yards on their first of two tries towards the end of the half. and But that was a, a whopping 50-second drive. And then the 11-second drive, which I'll never understand what happened at the end of the first half. Like, I, I don't understand. What was Kevin thinking? Like, are you going for it or you're not? Are you hoping that Kareem – Rips off a big run here, and then maybe you'll have a shot for a field goal. Or how about just taking knee and let's go to locker room. You're up seven five. He was caught, and then you could bring your closer in, or or try to set up your bullpen for the second half. Seven five. What kind of score is that? Seven five. So when he brought Jacoby Brissett on for that third and one, is it bad for me to say that I kind of wish he left Jacoby in? Well, that would take us back to the beginning of the show. I think. 
I think Bronze Therapy Monday is going to be a lot of, hey, yeah, they won, but, man, Jacoby looks a lot better than he did. Why wouldn't they stay with that? And I'll be like, you want to take a look at the contract they just signed him to? Do you want to see all the draft picks they gave up? And It's about money. It's not about winning. It's about money. Well, and this is a – let's be honest about it. This season is a failure, um, barring a a miracle down the stretch. Um, And so it's all about using these – six games remaining to get all that rust knocked off of him that that's what this is going to be about down the stretch Andy now if, if they beat Cincinnati next week which if Deshaun plays the way he did uh Sunday in Houston that's not going to happen there's no chance that happens but it, it just for sake of discussion if they beat that and they and they get the six and seven well things now start to change right and now everyone's like oh we'll see now they're legit in the hunt and then they're a win away over the ravens from getting back to 500 and they really position themselves for a late december early january uh run look i don't think any of that's going to materialize uh i i don't view them as a serious playoff contender and i don't think that's what the rest of this season is going to be about i think that they're going to probably finish with the same record they did last year and that's 8 and 9 and they're going to be on the outside uh, looking in once again. But four and two down the stretch is is is, a, is pretty good to go into the offseason with, considering where you were, how, how everything's playing. Who knew, though? Like, I, you know, I, I kept making the joke about, well, unless Deshaun can play some defense and special teams, it's not really going to matter what, what happens when he returns. Well, I guess that's all it took for the defense and the special teams to play like they give to you know what's because they did on Sunday. They, I mean, they played like they cared, and um, it's it's hard. It's not fair to think this way, and I want to preface this by saying that I recognize how unfair it is to think this way. But one of my thoughts was, where was this type of effort on on in those two phases when Jacoby Brissett was on the field? Where where was that focus? Where was that energy? Where was that? Uh, whatever else you want to call that. Two um, words: Jets, Chargers. Yeah, like, and and how and and how much drastically different would this season be if those were two victories instead? And I know I'm going back into the ifs and buts and candy and nuts jar, but it's a lot of fun to do. And hindsight is always twenty twenty. But um, look, it's it's great the defense and special teams stepped up. And this is two straight games now that the defense has played very well. That is now four games this season in which you can say the defense has played very well. And uh, yeah, um, if this continues, going to be really hard for an organization right now that's craving stability. It's going to be really, really hard, I think, for them to uh, to make changes. I agree with you. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Um, I'll give you this when we come back here. We're going to talk about the word that we're not allowed to talk about on the show, and I'll give you percentages about the word we're not allowed to talk about. Oh, Daryl just put his head through the computer. It's always game day in Cleveland. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's always game day in Cleveland, and he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you want to be a part of the show, all you have to do is hit us up on social media at Game Day C L E on Twitter or Instagram. All right, Daryl, as promised, the Browns pulled off a win today, according to my friends at 538.com. That means the Browns have a 9% chance. Uh, as of right now, there were still games to be played on Sunday, but as of the time that we're recording this, a 9% chance to play beyond week 17 because I'm not allowed to use the other word. Should the Browns beat Cincinnati next week, that number that number skyrockets to 24. Should they pull off a win, another win after that against Baltimore, that number then rises all the way to 35%. I could keep going forward if you want me to, and in fact, I will because that takes us through week 15. I'll take you through week 16 and 17 just to get you up to speed on everything that could happen there. So then you would have New Orleans after that, and that would take you up to 43%. And again, if the winning streak continues like a miracle from you-know-who, that would take you up to 64% if you beat Washington. So let me stick Pittsburgh in here for the last one. And if the Browns should win out and make it to a week 18, they have an 86% chance as of this moment. Daryl, I know that's exactly what you wanted to hear. But realistically, as of right now, they have a 9% chance. Your turn. So the last time the Browns won five games in a row was 1994. Okay. The last time they won six games in a row, 1986, when they won their last five of the regular season and beat the Jets in the playoffs. Now, okay. the last time they did this within the same regular season, you have to go back to 1972. Uh, just for a little frame of reference, that's 50 years ago. I was not born yet. Uh, the last time they won seven in a row, which in your scenario here, that means they went out, right? That'd be yeah. that makes seven in a row. We hadn't landed on the damn moon yet. Oh, the I was born? Time. 1968 is the last time the Browns won seven in a row in the season. Now, to your point. <laughs> I was not prenatal. I was postnatal, just so you know that. I'm happy for your natal. So Thank now, you. according to the National Football League, whose metrics I value, very strongly here. Okay. Are you ready for this? Because this is painful for me to say this right now. Oh, oh this is going to be good news. Good news for Browns fans. Go ahead. The Cleveland Browns are officially in the hunt. Here we go. Here, here's, here's where things stand right now. The New York Jets are in yeah. the seventh seed. It's seven and five. Okay. A half game behind them right now, the Chargers that nobody cares about in Los Angeles. Right. Followed by the 6-6 six and six New England Patriots. Your Cleveland Browns are now in the 10th position, up not one, not two, but three positions. They are up from 13 to 10. They leapfrogged the... Raiders, Colts, and Steelers. Wow. So How they are currently 10th 
in the AFC right now. Mathematically alive. I feel like this is what we do every December, right? The Cleveland Browns in mid-December are mathematically alive and not eliminated. Also, another little fun note, even though Deshaun Watson absolutely sucked on Sunday, it was good enough to officially eliminate the Houston Texans from playoff consideration. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. All right, I'm going to give you one more percentage. If for some reason the Browns could win out Mm -hmm. and Pittsburgh defeats the Ravens next week. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if the Browns win out, they're in. Go ahead. Uh, Well, I was going to say, if the Browns win out and Pittsburgh beats the Ravens, then their odds go up to 92%. That's just one game. Because then that would give the Browns four AFC wins, which completely changes some of these – Conference tiebreaker. What's your season? level of confidence of the Browns winning out, Daryl Ryder? None. Okay, I live in this in little world I like to call reality, not fantasy land. It ain't going to happen. I'm, I'm confident it isn't going to happen. I'm guessing they can pull three more wins off this season. I, Maybe. I don't know, though. After watching Deshaun play today, I'm not. I'm not. I, I said they're going to finish four in the season. They're going to finish his six games, four and two. So if you count the victory, the Tampa Bay victory before that, that's five and two. Right. And then you're going to say it's really too bad they blew the first part of that season because they'd be in the playoffs. Um, but I I don't know that we want to see Deshaun Watson in the playoffs right now just because of he's got a lot of things he needs to work through. Um, and, and, and rust or whatever you want to call that from the layoff, it is very, very apparent. But, yeah, it's – yeah, it. Um, I, I guess I got to say the Browns are back in the hunt now because journalists. Wow, I can't believe you just said that. I just can you say that again, please. The Browns are back in the hunt. We have four more days, five more days to say that. I think oh, yeah. six, maybe yeah. the most. Well, if they, just so you know, if they lose to Cincinnati next week, they're dead again, right? Okay. Yeah, I think we're going to go back and forth. Then there's going to be a mathematical formula with six different teams doing something different, right? Where they could and, get back, and, and then you'll be doing your five thirty-eight examinations and and this, that, and the other, and 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 doing what we've done since nineteen. Oh, I wasn't wearing any gloves when I did my five thirty-eight examination. Can, I'm sorry, can, uh, contorting ourselves into believing the Browns have a chance at anything but another draft pick, but they don't have a draft pick this year. So I guess this is the only like we don't have a Super Bowl next year. Our Super Bowl is gone. There's no first round pick next year. Yeah, I get used to it. Um, so Daryl, I'm just also looking at this saying, um, you know, what did this do to the other numbers? And it wasn't like, uh, yeah, they got some good rushing yards today, and that oh, Nick, yeah, Nick Chubb was great, eighty yards. And Nick and Kareem carries. picked him up today. Kareem, you know? fifty-six yards, nine carries. Um, you know, but I, was that I, a I buy? The, I like the little end around to Harris and Bryant. I thought that was good. Uh, you know, Schwartzy had another six-yard carry. I mean. The, the running games, like, so <laughs> the Browns outgained the, the Texans 304 to 283, right? Right. They outgained them on the ground 174 to 82. So back-to-back games for the run defense that they did not uh, give up the buck 50, which had become like the new benchmark. Right. They got killed in the air 201 to 130. But I'll say this, the, the Sione Takitaki injury is something we're going to have to watch. He's the third linebacker to go down. Remember, they lost uh, Anthony Walker for the season. They lost Jacob Phillips for the season. Hopefully, this injury to him is not that severe. 
but it is something to watch. They can ill afford to lose Taki Taki. Daryl, I didn't hear anything in the postgame. Did you hear anything more on Taki Taki, or did he say anything at all about Taki Taki? And I'm wondering, I'm sure we'll get some kind of update. Because I wasn't, when they took him off the field, I wasn't quite sure what was going on there. Yeah, um, me either. And uh, I, in between writing words and coughing up lungs, um, if you give me a second, I will uh, look to see here what the latest. Sione Takitaki has a knee injury. Knee. That's the official. Ronnie Harrison head, Anthony Schwartz head, David Bell hand. So that's your official injury report from the game. But Takitaki is the one that we're going to have to really watch here, Andy, because I think that if he misses any uh, length of time, I think that that's rather significant. Um, and remember, they they had been given him more and more responsibility too, and that's why that becomes even more significant. So fingers, I mean, obviously fingers crossed, everybody's healthy and okay, but especially uh, Sione Takitaki because uh, of the fact that they've already lost two starters at linebacker for the season, and uh, they can ill afford to lose a third. And what has happened every time they've had injury at linebacker? the run defense goes goes right off yeah. in, into the tank and they just absolutely get destroyed on the ground. So that's that's why I bring that up. Um, little inside info that I heard this week, um, and it came to fruition during the game, or at least they attempted to. So, <coughs> sorry, I, this is why I wasn't surprised. I was told that um, the chemistry with Demetric Felton and Deshaun Watson was pretty good in practice and that um, Deshaun likes him. That's what I was told. This is all off the record stuff. So um, I heard that. <laughs> not and anymore. They, no, not anymore. But I was told that. And then they went after him once this game. So it made me think, well, maybe maybe part of that is true. Well, now, what does that mean? Well, they Fer- might get him Feral involved Brown. in two plays. Farrell Brown had one catch for 11 yards, and he was also a Deshaun Watson favorite, too. So to be interesting to watch those two guys, just even, I mean, that, even whether it's inside info or not, it doesn't make a difference. You would see. Well, I think look, we see that a lot when you see guys that are working with the second team. Although, you know, if you see, they they tend to find their favorites when they get to the first team and they have the opportunity to find those guys. Yeah, and this is why you can never get excited too much about practice. Practice. What you see in the videos from practice from Deshaun versus what you saw on Sunday from him, two completely different things, man. Practice is not game game action um so uh when now it's interesting that you we mentioned both those guys when we talk about team building going forward right donovan people donovan peoples jones i i did not figure him to be a prolific returner and guess what i think the browns have a punt returner i i i, I mean he has been really really good since stepping into that role he's got like he's got almost 200 return yards and now a touchdown um by the way that streak is dead 2015 travis benjamin the answer isn't that crazy looking for 78 yards against the uh i think it was the tennessee titans um that's now been kind of you know that's been wiped away uh but yeah, I mean, they finally they got a they got a freaking punt return for a touchdown. Things I thought I'd never say again in my life, Baskin. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with this thought here, 
as we wrap up the show and you say things you never thought you'd saw. Uh, only because I've been following you on Twitter the last couple of days and reading your um, your comments on Ohio State getting into the Final Four. I mean, they needed a lot of help to get. They needed Utah to win. Beep, beep, beep. Does it still beep, count? Do you still get a check? Back the you know what in. <laughs> and, and listen, I am the biggest Buckeye shill. Ohio State really is the only sports related thing that like I can actually enjoy. Right. And and like I'll yell at my TV when I'm because watching. they've been good in your lifetime and you don't have to really well, care no, them. because I have no affiliation with them whatsoever. I have no responsibilities. I don't have to cover them. So I don't have to be objective one iota. But they beep, 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 beep. They backed into the college football playoff, and I'm not complaining, which might have saved Ryan Day's job. Although if he gets his ass kicked by Georgia, get him out of here. Come on now. Georgia's been the best team. And Georgia's a, a worthwhile number one. You know uh, my thought coming, was you know what's coming, right? Well, uh, my thought was if they pulled Michigan, if they had figured out a way to get themselves up to I number three. Sure, they were getting I thought for sure they were gonna match them up with Michigan. That's wow. why, that's why I went the other direction. And guess what? I was right. Well, I was hoping. Well, look, if they get to play Michigan again, they've earned it. I mean, really, that's where where they sit and we'll see what Michigan does against TCU too, because TCU played pretty tough and that was Michigan's going to destroy TCU. And I think think so. And I think Georgia is going to destroy Ohio state. So we are in a closing course for Georgia, Michigan. I would love love, Georgia is going to just absolutely curb stomp John Harbaugh or Jim, Jim Harbaugh rather. And then I'm going to root for Jim Harbaugh to be hired in January by an NFL team so that Michigan goes back in the crapper and Ohio state. Will get Man, the I, heard a lot of, I heard a lot of Ravel Buckeye stuff over the last. I know days, I would, but why would you leave Tennessee? If you're him, I am telling you, Mike Rabel would take that job. I think he would take He would that take job. Ohio. He would give up. I, I'm telling you, if there, it, it, look, if Daryl, if you had something to prove and you wanted to go be a legend, he could be a legend. Right now, he's an NFL football coach who's in a really good position where he doesn't have to recruit. Right. Mike Vrabel could be a legend, a legend, if he goes to Ohio State. And then I would think that he would be motivated to surpass – a few of the previous coaches, one in particular. Oh, really? That is my That's your take on it? All right. Well, my take take on it is that I because things are going well in Tennessee. And I would not be mad if Rabel was the head coach. Oh, I wouldn't either. No. Uh, First of all, I'm thrilled that Brian Hartline is staying at Ohio State. I, I think he is a head coach in the making at some point in his career. I think he's a really, really good coach. Um, Just You just look at the receivers he has churned out. And you look at how well um, uh, they perform. Um, I'm a big Brian Hartline fan. But um, I would be surprised. The only way I could see Vrabel leaving Tennessee is if stuff isn't going well. Like if, and that could, I mean, that could be possible. They could be winning and, you know, he just maybe is, uh, you know, tired of the NFL stuff or whatever. I, I, I would love it if, if, uh, if Ryan Day got switched out with uh, Vrabel, I'd, I'd have no problem with that. I'd be okay with it too. But I, I'm telling you, I really, really, really like Ryan Day. By but the way, it, how about Luke Fickle going to Wisconsin? Uh, good for Luke. I, Luke's a great guy. And you know I'm, what? I, you know, 
knew both those guys were covering. And since we're on this college football yeah. kick, good, good on Colorado for hiring Deion Sanders. Good on them. I, I, because I think he has. I grew up watching Deion Sanders, and I, I never in my wildest dreams ever thought like he was a coach. And just watching him on NFL Network and stuff like that. Remember, he'd do the prime call-ins with the, the, you know, the players on, on phones and stuff. He'd do the Facetimes or whatever from stars to the games. I never, I never in my wildest dreams thought he was he'd be a head coach. But what he did in in, in such a short amount of time at at, uh, at, at Jackson State, and then uh, no one no one would hire him. And for Colorado to to to, to do that, I, I think that's great because he deserves to move up. Um, he's earned that right to be considered, you know, for the for a bigger job, and I think. Given a couple of years, Colorado Buffalo is going to be back in the picture here, especially with the Pac-12 disintegrating the way it has and USC right. and UCLA coming over to the big whatever they're going to call this conference. Uh, Still be the Big Ten. You can't call it the Big Ten and have 50 teams in the conference. They do. Well, Maybe they'll just call it the, the big. education you're going to get at these institutions? Hey, we're the Maybe big Maybe it'll just be the big. Teams. It'll just be the big. Oh. So um, let me give you I, a Deion Sanders story here. Oh, go ahead. Go, finish no, your thought. Go ahead. I, I'd rather hear well, it. I, okay. So uh, I've, you know, I've been lucky to interview a lot of people over, you know, 25 plus years, whatever. And Deion Sanders may have been one of my favorite interviews of all time. He was playing minor league baseball. Uh, I think he was in Louisville. And I know he was in Louisville. And they came to Columbus to take on the Clippers who, um, the Clippers were playing, you know, were the Yankees affiliate at the time. Yes. And I walked into the clubhouse, which is kind of weird in minor league. Cause they don't like cameras in the clubhouse and the minors. It's, it's in the bigs. It's not a big deal. It's part of being a part of the bigs. Oh. Well, I went in to go grab Dion and I think Dion was uncomfortable when I, cause I walked in there with a camera in a minor league clubhouse. And I said to him, Dion, Hey, can I grab you for a quick interview? And he goes, Oh man. I said, listen, it's about, um, you preaching in Columbus because he's a preacher too. Yeah. And there's a, uh, church in Columbus called, uh, it's been a while. So I I'm assuming it still exists. I don't know if it does or not. It's called the stadium and it's absolutely gorgeous. And it's built like an arena on the inside. At least it was, it was right off of 71 and I'm assuming it's still there. And there was a guy named pastor Forbes there that was, I went out and did a story on him because, he had a lot of athletes that were going to his church to go uh, worship and, and just to, you know, to, the, the, you know, there's a story behind every student athlete that says, I want to give glory to God in the first uh, in their first sentence. And this, this is not a religious conversation. This is about trying to find out, you know, where the inspiration comes from and what are they doing and where they, so I went up to Dion and I said, Dion, I, I want to do an interview with you. I'm a sports guy, but, I want to talk to you about Pastor Forbes, and I want to talk to you about the stadium. And his eyes lit up. And I thought I was going to get like four minutes with him. I think we talked for 25 minutes about faith and life and giving back and understanding student-athletes. And it was really one of those conversations that we had that I like. I walked away from going, all right, I'm not going to forget this conversation because it was that good. And there's a lot of conversations we have that are just kind of mundane. This was not. And – it made me a huge Dion fan when I walked away because he just seemed so much more than that 
primetime persona that you were seeing that there's a lot more mm-hmm. there going on. So I agree with you. Congratulations for him on getting that job in Colorado. So Daryl, a lot of depth and ability to connect with people. And again, that's why I think he's going to be really, really successful. And then I, I predict that he will move on from Colorado in a couple of years to, to a major, like top tier, you know, t- annually top. He could make Colorado, but he could or make he Colorado. Could that too, because yeah. He's, he's going to be in, and with the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams here in a couple of years now and all that, Hey, maybe he'll be able to really make the home at, Co- at Colorado and, and uh, be their legendary coach. Uh, Cause wait, when I was growing up in high school, Colorado, man, they were right. They were, in that era, they were right there with uh, where we see Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and Michigan and Mork, now. And Mork from Ork standing right there on the goalpost. Every Mork and Mindy. Come on, man. That's what Colorado football is all about. How did this turn into a college football podcast? I don't know. But that's okay. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Well, there was, it was a great. lot of NFL stuff going on there, too. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. For our amazing producer, Meredith Kane, who puts up with us each and every week and has to listen to this Weekly, we appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts. We really, really do, Meredith. Thank you. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you want to tell us you like us, do that. Why don't you subscribe to the podcast? But more importantly, if you want to be a part of the show, all you need to do is go to social media and hit us up on uh, on Twitter and on Instagram at game day CLE. It's always game day in Cleveland.